Welcome back to You Go Play Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's your line now. I just like it, so I don't know. Yes. I am your co-host, Mario Javon Shaw. And who are you? I am Nigel C. Mask. I just love putting the C in there. But I'm your other co-host, Nigel yes. C. Mask. I'm glad to be back again with you, Cowboy alleged- Podcast. <laughs> okay, you better speak fast. Ooh, that, al- <laughs> that alleged uh, middle name. Watch your mouth. Is Spanish. And we're not going to get to that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, speaking of, uh, what are you drinking? Well, tonight I'm drinking uh, 1792 small batch. It's bourbon. Um, and How much is that? Mm-hmm. What was it? It sounds expensive. <laughs> but no, honestly, it wasn't crazy. Like, it's really like $30. It okay. wasn't crazy. It really was $30. It's like 30 Like, Woodford is $20, and I'm... It depends on the size. What size do you have? I got a small Woodford for $20. Exactly. And I I'm never... still sipping on this thing. And it's been about six weeks that I've been sipping on this drink. I like to have me some bourbon like a few times a week. So I have a few decanters that I keep my bourbon in. Can we talk about what's going on in your life right now? Sure. You, would you like to release some things then? A few times <laughs> a week, Nigel? What is going on? I'm okay with it. Everybody the has their, prices going up in Cincinnati or Everybody something? has their thing. I'm not asking. What do you do a few times a week? A few. <laughs> <laughs> well, won't he do it? Won't he get quiet? Okay. Sure he I read. I pray. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I don't read. I do pray, and I read my my devotionals, but I'm not reading. Speaking of reading, though, honestly, I really wanted to go today. I'm going to have to go tomorrow, but I wanted to get Michelle Obama's book. Come through. Yeah. Yes, I sound like Oprah with that one. Yes, I bought two Michelle Obama's books. I'm going to give one um, to one of my friends. Mm -hmm. Read this. Let's let's dive into it. Did you say you was giving one to me? I was your friend? Mm. Mm. No? I didn't say brother. Oh God! Oh, oh, that was good. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> but no, that is great. That's yeah. great. That's such a. I think that's such a um, a, such an invaluable gift when you can give somebody a book or yeah. something like that along those lines that can be so impactful, you know, in their life. That's great. Yes. Now the book is alleged over four hundred pages. So I, I, the only book that I read that was over 400 pages was, uh, what's the name of that book? Um, the, the Hate You Give. This one is- It is called... on Audible, by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had to look into that. Hello. Okay. And act like I was reading it uh, by the book and put it on the along. shelf. I just listened to the Audible. Um, I follow along. Exactly. It's 416 pages because I have it right okay. next to me. It's a beautiful cover. Isn't um, it? Yes. Now, did you see Michelle Obama on ABC? I did. I watched it with uh, Robin, and I loved it. And honestly, I for a small second, I forgot that it was somewhere between, like, I realized yep. like, she was our former first lady, but I was like, dang, that's like my auntie or my cousin, it's like my then. you know what I mean? Because yep. when she talked about her dad's car, she said, a deuce and a quarter. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. She got real black on us. <laughs> she, she was Michelle from the south side of Chicago. Come and on. That's what I appreciate. One thing I appreciate about people, and one thing that I love about our podcast is that yes. just being authentic 
being honest, being vulnerable, the authenticity was there through and through. And I just loved that so much. And so I was like, when she said deuce in the court, I was like, whoa. And then when she went back to her childhood home and the neighbor, she knew from like growing up and he was like, you know, how's your aunt? And she's like, you know, she's doing good. I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, I'm not about to deal with this. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. I, I love it too. That was very, very good. Um, yeah, 100% right. And then when she talked about, I love when she talked about, they said, uh, has Milana reached out to you? She was like, nope. And then she made that eye contact. Ooh! <laughs> well, why did I pick up on that too? And she was like, you know, all the first ladies, you know, they've reached out. You have these conversations and stuff. And I was like, I, I wish they could see our faces. But when, okay. when she said, no, she hasn't. And she said, and she tilted that the chin, head. the chest, the head nod, like, okay. you picking up what I'm putting down? Okay. All right. Keeping it moving. Keep it moving, Robin. All she right. said, Robin. All right, Robin. <laughs> okay, let's move it. Cause look, let's move it along. We got to have Democrats win in 2020, and we might. I might destruct some things in this moment. I love her though. I really do. I yeah. I love how she's showing how when they go low, you can go high. When they go low, we go high. But it doesn't mean to discount mm -hmm. how you're feeling. And I think that's what. Hey. We got from that's this. That's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah, because she was real in this one. Mm -hmm. I love that her and Barack uh, did marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. um, as, yeah, as we going into uh, uh, Thanksgiving and being with our families, I think a lot of us do need to do more counseling, more therapy. Yes. And so for First Lady, still today's First Lady, Michelle Obama, to talk about oh, that, I thought that was very strong. I did yeah. so. I thought so as well um, with the position that they have, the influence that they have, and to say, hey, we are ordinary. We're ordinary people just like y'all we have real life issues yep. just like any other relationship any other parent any other person and we needed that tool to help us strengthen our communication to make sure that we were checking in and yes all of that and so that's a great point especially around thanksgiving um as family is coming together to you know possibly talk about counseling yes. and and those other resources that are out there for us to continue to have healthy families, healthy communication I agree. and all of that. So I was so grateful for her saying like, Hey, yeah, <laughs> he might've been running the country and I was doing my programs, but we still made, we made time to yes. have counseling because we understood how valuable it was for our relationship yes, I as, and for our children. I agree. To see that. And then um, she kicked off, her tour in Chicago yesterday, or which would be on a Tuesday, um, and Mama O, Mama O did that. that. I just see snippets of it because okay. I don't know if it's like like out they're yet. like sharing it because it's a tour and they want people probably to like buy tickets still. But Mama I, O knows what to do. She knows. I mean, think about it. <laughs> think about all the interviews. Not only all the interviews that she's had, but certain people have said, "I will only speak with Mama O." Listen, because they know Mama that's Ogo. Power. <laughs> that's right. And to know that that's something to be said to say, like, I know you're not going to hold back and you're going to challenge me and you're going to ask the tough questions. Yep. But it's the position from which you ask them. It's the intent, like intent versus impact. Yep. I know you're doing this from a loving place and I know that you care about me and all of that. And I also recognize that the public wants to know this. So you're going to frame it in such a way that you're not going to do it with malicious intent yeah. or any of that. You know, that's- I agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah, I aspire. 
some Super Soul Sunday. Okay. Right after church, I'm like rushing. Masterclass. I love Masterclass. Okay, all of it. Um, even Black Love. I mean, she's mm. in that and everything. You know, we're just getting ready. I mean, for the family. I like fam. I like Thanksgiving. I like spending time with my family. I don't have a lot of uh, time that I spend with my family because mm-hmm. I live in Charlotte. They live in Cleveland, Ohio. And so I'm excited. But I do think that over the course of a year, I've been able to acquire a lot of tools to help me know myself and help me know how my family show up so that I don't have like these um, unmet expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people typically go into Thanksgiving thinking it's going to be one thing and get another. Mm. I really do appreciate and accept people for who they are. And really, we have a palm as time because I'm just like loving on you and not you have a rather large family. We family. do, yeah, we do, yeah, we gather, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we gather. We had sex, okay. I um, have a lot of kids. I was just <laughs> gonna mention that, uh, <laughs> that it's, it's unique because my parents are from down south and so. My mother's side is still down there. Shout out to Mississippi areas and Alabama and all that. And my dad, though, from Tennessee, like he grew up mainly in Ohio. So it's a different experience for us because I don't get to really be around my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. So we kind of keep it small. But what I am grateful for is that I recognize how I can be a change agent in my family yeah being respectful of my parents and who they are and how they function as well as them being open enough for me to introduce some new things because as i think about the family that i want to have there are some traditions that i want to do um and they've been open to it i've seen some for example i should say um y'all do mimosas on wednesdays we, my mom love loves mimosas. <laughs> and though she does, she has never called it a mimosa. She calls it a mimosi. <laughs> I don't know if she's speaking in tongues or, <laughs> or we'll what. Okay. <laughs> or multiples. <laughs> she loves mimosas. And my dad's so funny acting. He was like, oh, he doesn't want one when we first make one. And then when we bring him into the living room, he's like, oh, what y'all got? <laughs> okay, Ronald. Now you knew you wanted one from the jump. Okay. But like I'ma be like years past, you know, I should say when we were kids, we would gather at a house. Now that we're older and my cousins and peers, they now have their own children and whatnot. So it's been different. But what I will say is they've gotten so excited to now this year we have outfits. So many yes. people can can attest yes. to this. What y'all yes. wearing to the living room? I love it. <laughs> we so have mom, outfits. We yes. all like to match. We have never keep this in mind. Like last year for Christmas, uh-huh. uh, we decided to do uh, Christmas sweaters. I'm like, we're gonna yes. do a little photo booth. I ordered yes. some stuff off of Etsy. We put uh uh. Not wallpaper. We put gift wrap. The gift wrap. The, yep, the gift on yep, the back. up yep. on the fireplace, and we took pictures. We did boomerang. We introduced them to that function yeah. and all that. <laughs> and so my mom would text me a few days ago, like some like two uh, burgundy sweaters, <laughs> and I was like, "What are these for?" She said, "One is for your uncle Bo, and one for your dad." I said, "Oh, so we doing like 
This is for like the yeah. living room. So I said, like, let me get my living room outfit to you. <laughs> yeah. living room outfit. So I just love because keep in mind, a few years ago we weren't doing that. Yeah. So the fact that my mom, my sister, and my dad is like buying into this is just like, you know what? I'm grateful that we did the Christmas aspect last year. Now it's trickling down to Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, because it's so important. Like I think uh with my family, we are continuing to stay alive honestly because we experienced a, a lot of years of death and so i think that's why the holidays are important for us mm-hmm. um and why we continue to cherish it because a lot of people are like man we made another year um my aunt had got cancer we thought she was about to be out of here two years ago she's still kicking it you know Listen, like wow. okay right we so it's like it's just great um and so i know that I appreciate coming back. It's just like a check-in. Mm-hmm. And I cherish those moments uh, when I'm there because I am. it keeps me grounded. Like, mm-hmm. I love going home and turning off my... People know, too. My, mm-hmm. my friends know. When Mario's at home, don't call him. He's not going to answer. I rarely... I <laughs> might sneak up on y'all this year. I'm going to be home for a few days. Might slide uh, on up to Cleveland. Uh, listen, please do come. We'll... we'll, we'll <laughs> We'll give you some leftovers, some ham and some <laughs> uh, croissant sandwiches. <laughs> but that means a lot, though. Like, you cherish yeah. being home during the time because you don't get to go home that often. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I take the dog home with me. Um, mm. My mom has a dog, and so they enjoy it. Like, <laughs> I'm excited for it. Um, and then later on in the podcast, after our commercial break, we're going to have Chef the Author on. He's just really going to talk about, you know, dinnering as an adult <laughs> and yeah. like what do you bring you know i think like sometimes as kids you know we um you know we just we'll go to the to thanksgiving with our parents you know but now as adults we should be bringing something you know absolutely i mean <laughs> you know what's so crazy about that i envy those um in such a beautiful way truthfully those who got to grow up around their grandparents um and aunts and uncles those who cooked because like Growing up in Mansfield, I only had my great uncle, uh, Uncle Bo, bless him. <laughs> <He's> with, <laughs> he stays with my parents, and I love him. He makes the bomb greens, right? Mm-hmm. But now he's in a stage in his life where he's dealing with Alzheimer's. So life is a little different. And so I'm like, dang, I really wish that I would have taken the opportunity wow. to learn how to make his greens. Because Uncle Bo's greens are the bomb. Yeah. And so um, those who have the opportunity to still be around their loved ones, you know, their grandmothers, their great grandmothers and being able to, you know, get those recipes and stuff. Get those. I agree. Get those and cherish them. They have in our family, they have been passed down uh, to my generation, which is a good thing. Everything that we that we make now. What if my cousins know how to make it? Um, we all are responsible for something. And so I know I'm so glad and I'm grateful for uh, Hawaiian rose being passed down to me where oh, I can go Hawaiian to the rose. store and, <laughs> and know that I have to pick up the original brand and put them in the oven just for a little bit to warm up. You made me feel like you was about to make, like, make it scratch. <laughs> you said, I'm about to go buy this orange and white plastic from I the know Pro. What wants to get. Oh, or I Giant Eagle. Does Giant Eagle sell Hawaii? Giant right? Eagle is still in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, that's like where <laughs> you go get your fresh produce, though. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. And the next day after Thanksgiving, we go Black Friday shopping. I never make just, it. Well, yeah. I never made it with the family. 
Yeah, just for fun, we really go. We always get bed sheets, like at Kohl's. We usually just go to Kohl's and like maybe like two other stores, and then we're like, okay, it's time for lunch. Hey, I will say on some bed sheets, and shout out to my girl TK in Houston. TK (laughs) got me on Pima cotton sheets. So if you're gonna go out there and get you some sheets, get you some Pima cotton, it changed my life. I feel like it's probably at Kohl's. Like we we literally Kohl's like they have like seventy five percent off sale on like. $200. $275. On like $200. Pay this credit card down. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> we usually get stuff that like, not, we're not out there getting like TVs and stuff we don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually like getting stuff. Um, it's like good for the house. And then later that day, we usually get our tree. We usually get our tree the next day after mm. Thanksgiving is traditional. Get the tree. And then 10 days later, put stuff on the tree. We do not I put stuff that. on the tree. And then that Saturday, we put up Christmas lights. Um, and then that Friday night, we usually go to the movies. So we're going to see Creed because Creed comes out on Thanksgiving. So we'll go see that um, Creed too. I might adopt that and tell my family we can go into the to the movies or to the theater as well. And the funny thing is a lot of families do it because it's super crowded on the day after Thanksgiving. I really wouldn't know since I got fired from the theater. Well, I worked for the, the theater for four years. It's funny how we have like some of these things are so similar to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At least you made it. I didn't make it. Right. I do have a question for you, though. Yes. I have one in mind, but I would like to know, what is one of your pet peeves and or a terrible yet funny Thanksgiving story that you've shared with your family? Uh, My pet peeve is burnt food. Like, if it's burnt, go ahead and restart it. Like, restart. We have, have, you have time to do it over again. So my aunt both of my eyes. One of my I do eat chitlins. I own I love them. Of course you it do. Has, it has to be Louisiana hot sauce. It really does. Yeah. I don't know. And the thing is, is that my mom made me clean them with her before, just so that I know, like the labor that goes into making them. And I still was like, "Yep, I'm still gonna eat these." Really? Yes, they're so good. Um, you know, How do you plate it? What do you put it next to? On your no, you put them in a bowl. A bowl. Oh, you gotta put them in a bowl. They cannot oh, be any because I like to drench it in some hot sauce, and Ooh, they gotta be. The on. I'm just disgusted. It's good, but my Man. aunt, she burnt them before two years ago. <laughs> Wait, pause. <laughs> you burnt the chitlins. I was so pissed because I only eat them one time a year. Did it? Wait, I thought they put them in a big pot. She put it in the skin. water. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Not enough water? Just like people burn eggs. The day before, you know, she was sipping on that that cognac. On that, that yak, don't talk that. Sleep. <laughs> and she woke up. Boy, down. <laughs> smelling burnt ass. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Get nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so, and my ooh, other house. Ooh, that house. Ooh, that house. <laughs> it's horrible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's bad enough to cook chillings in the house and then burnt chillings. Not burnt. quite as kept. I was told that if you do it right, they shouldn't stink. That's right. You're supposed to cook them in onions and some potatoes and stuff. When we cook them, it doesn't smell. You don't smell it around the house. Like when mm. we cook them, I never. People, you smell them when you're when you're cleaning them. And for all of my people, like the ones that say they already washed, they're not. 
You still have to clean it. It's supposed to be coming in this white bucket or something that people. Yes, and they be in the bucket, or sometimes they'll come in like the frozen. The frozen ones aren't good. The bucket is good. The ten pound buckets are great. Ten pound. Ten pound buckets. They're five pound buckets too. Um, but when you open up that thing, oh my God, they smell bad. They have a conversation. It's, it's brown water. I'm just trying to make you so upset. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, and then my other aunt, she burnt the greens before, and I was like, Oh no. Yes, I don't know how she burnt those, but I was like, I told my aunt, I was like, Yo, burnt the greens. I was like, These mm-hmm. greens start disgusting. She just laughed at me. Um, but for relatively, we do, do we do a good job. But that's my pet peeve. You don't gotta burn the food. What about you? So, I don't have outside. I mean, my natural pet peeve in life is like, if you can't cook, just get your ass out the way. Like, just flat out. That's a pet. That's not even a pet peeve. That's a rule. <laughs> get into that. If you can't cook, just move. It's not your thing. It's fine. Let somebody else handle it. I didn't know this was a pet peeve for me until last year. I love my girl. <laughs> I love her with every fiber of my being. But her ass showed it last year. <laughs> so last year, I went to uh, Mississippi for Thanksgiving. And I got there. And I was a little late because I missed my flight, but that's not the point. So I got <laughs> there. And um, I'm making my plate. And my, my one aunt. I'm going to let her name be anonymous, but she the bougie aunt. That's the one I love. <laughs> one of the ones I love, I should say. And um, I'm going to the greens. I get my greens and all that. And then I want to get some turkey. And I go <laughs> in and open the oven. And I seen this bird. And the bird didn't look normal. I said, what the hell is going on with this bird? She said, that's your aunt, your great aunt. She said she brought this half cooked ass bird over here <laughs> and not only was it half cooked it was half of a turkey <laughs> damn where the but hell you get half of a turkey and then you had the nerve to get a half turkey that was half cooked so that mean that she didn't she ate that half turkey she got salmonella y'all need to check on her i think that she took half of it and kept it at her house and she brought the other half to us but i hope she ovened it, it. that's what i'm saying it wasn't finished and, and, and this is the thing. I don't know her to be this person. So I feel like there must have been some tribulations going on in her life. That's them food stamps. It would have. Oh, no. I just don't, don't know. Don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know her story. I just know <laughs> that this bird wasn't right. And I felt a way because I had higher expectations for her. Like, she Or maybe she got it from like Bojangles or like Popeyes and asked just like split it with her and her friend. My thing is, oh, this. but it was Whatever. half cooked. That's the point. Oh. Somebody say you can go somewhere and say cut my bird in half, right? But it was half, half cooked. cooked. And so my my mom is one of six, and so one didn't show. And so the rest of them was just like, "Look, we are gonna wrap this bird up, <laughs> and we are gonna give it back to her ass." And that's how that's gonna be. And I was just sitting in the back like. I'm in full agreement because she was <laughs> not right for that. You're going to bring a half turkey, half a turkey, one. And then you're going to bring it half cooked. Like, that's just not okay. Yeah. But I would say this. If you do not know how to cook, I think it's okay to send a cash app. 
Yeah, the Look cash app would be good. Mm-hmm. Or the Venmo. I Zell. also don't mind. Like, think about was it um, honey baked ham? Yeah, you buy the honey baked ham. Totally fine. Thank you. Also, and this is the stuff. Like, I really, 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 really like. I I play. So I go to France, and that's oh, I love France giving. I think that is like never been a new wave. You never been to France? I love. I have two France givings. I'm going to this year. I love it because it's the opportunity to spend time with your friends and a lot of your friends because we are the millennial community is transient. So we don't, we, we move around a lot. And yeah. so we may not have the opportunity to go back home. So mm-hmm. Friendsgiving gives us opportunity to have Thanksgiving with people that we love in a city that we're, that we're residing in. And I absolutely love it. And doing it, doing one of the Friendsgivings, my friend, she was like, I got this, I got a um, turkey from uh, from Bojangles. And I was like, what the fuck? But let me tell you something, Don I bet that turkey from Bojangles is mom. That's why you see that... me. You heard me shut up, didn't it? Okay, that sucker. I, was, I bet that turkey from Bojangles like is the bomb. It. Like, I don't even know why turkey is the main dish. I don't even care. You for know it. it had some chicken juice on it, don't it? It had to, Nigel. It was a fried Cajun turkey. Watch yourself. And that sucker was amazing. I was like, can I take some home? And no one, I only brought the rolls. I still took some home. The Hawaiian rolls. Okay. (laughs) No, I did. I actually, I bought green beans. I put the little bacon in there and stuff like that. Um, But I'm excited for Thanksgiving. This is very, very good. What you going to say? Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't going to say anything. I'm actually getting, I was getting excited. And Okay, so here's the truth. So I was watching Married <laughs> to Medicine. <laughs> and Toya was known for her baked beans, I guess. And her husband, Eugene, put garlic powder in the baked beans. And Toya's like, the hell is going on here? And to me too, I was like, talking to the screen like, bruh, who was putting garlic powder in the baked beans? <laughs> no, you don't put no garlic powder in baked beans. Now, I say no. b- garlic salt. Can go with everything, a lot of things, but not baked beans. No, you need to. No. You can do honey, brown mustard. sugar, a little bit of mustard. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he did that, he was like, "That's okay, ain't it?" She was like, "No, hell no." So I thought, <laughs> thought about right. that. I was like, "That's not well, okay." Well, friend, before we end and go and talk commercial break, I need the saints to pray for me uh and all those who are touching yeah. <laughs> all right here we go don't, don't roll your eyes tell me your ailment you know i have a torn rotator cuff so if you see me at the airport just help me out you know i travel a lot and i gotta travel with my bag but i this is a uh really an example of i'm getting older <laughs> i can't do these things do you believe what you're putting out right now i really do oh, okay <laughs> for real like i i tore my rotator cuff um and i'm on a sling and i tore it at uh while working out but it got worse while i was at in why paradise did it island why did it get worse because i was trying to hang with the teenagers at paradise yeah. island in bahamas my yeah. sister is, is is 18 years old and he want to go on every slide and i was like okay we'll go <laughs> and that that water off of those slides <laughs> messing my shoulder up. Literally, the day that we came back, I had to go to urgent care. They was like, oh, you yeah. should, is, it a, is it your right shoulder or your left shoulder? It's my left one. And so the thing is, you should have laid on the slide on your right one. That is true, but that's my right hand, you know? <laughs> Gotta make sure that's good. That, that, that make the money. <laughs> Hello, 
Okay. But like for real, like I think um it's just slightly torn though. So it's like a lot of the symptoms of like a rotator cuff, like it's gonna heal on its own. I'm really happy for that. Uh but no, that was just one of my funny moments. You know, I had to bring <laughs> that out there. Cause for real, I like sympathy. I like people say, Oh, you want me to hold the door for you? Yes, I'm and the fact that you have this voice rehearsed, I know <laughs> you're sick. Because I can't wait to the airport. I can't wait till I get to the for Thanksgiving. Going back, you already to- got a CNI dog. Now you got this rotator cut. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I, I need a I need a jeep to take me through TSA. Like I ain't even gonna make it to TSA. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. They're gonna be like, okay, we gonna get a truck for a little jeep for you to carry you. I've always wanted to be on one of those things. At the airport, yeah, it's like beep beep, get out the way, (laughs) beep beep, and I just look at. I I hope you in a seatbelt because they be driving wild. They do, but I just want to look at folks and look at them with disgust. You didn't move for the handicap, you know. Oh, now you're the handy abled. I am handy abled, and I was just thinking about that too because I was like, I wonder if I could give me like a little handicap sticker for just right now. No, no, it's too. I only have to do it for two and a half weeks though. But you can drive with your left hand. I cannot drop my left hand. No. I've been only dropping with one hand. And the idea of having to go to the grocery store and have to carry all of those bags like further away, I need a handicap sticker, maybe. No, the, the sticker isn't really the thing. You just need an assistant. Have Josue come with you to the grocery store. Right. Maybe I should get him to come with me to the grocery store. I think and, he's and, already helping me pack. And so. think about mentorship. You're teaching another young black man how to grocery shop. That's true. He's going to laugh so hard if I tell him I need him to go to the grocery store. <laughs> but he'll go, won't he? He will. Come on. <laughs> that's it. That's the truth. Um, well, that's good. Well, this was a good fireside chat. <laughs> as we get ready for Thanksgiving. Um, so let's go into commercial break, guys. So we will be back with You Go Boy Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Brittany Kelly Brands. Brittany Kelly Brands features Chic Girl Cosmetics. Her luxury lippies are for the everyday glamour girl. They're crisp, clean, and full of fun colors for everyone. Also for the luxury girl, check out Brittany Kelly Handbag Collection. It's the perfect accessory for your fall wardrobe. For more information, please go to www.brittanykelly.com. And when you order, use code YouGoBoy for 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Be sure to follow her on IG at Brittany Kelly Brands. Welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed those commercials. Um, we're trying to get those sponsorships in right now. Oh, yes, we are. If you know anybody that's interested in sponsoring one of the episodes, please shoot us an email and we will be sure to get back to you. So, yeah, we definitely want those sponsorships. I'm excited. So we're back from our commercial break. And again, yes, I am excited for Chef the Author. <laughs> <laughs> How are y'all doing? 
Good. Good. How are you? Good. Yes. Fantastic. I am fantastic. I love it. And if y'all would see like this background that he's given in his (laughs) New York City apartments, all this wood and everything, I'm like, this is beautiful. Yes. Very nice. I love it. Yes. So, Chef, please tell us about yourself. What do you do? All right. I'm a chef, clearly. (laughs) My name is Desmond Robinson, also known as Chef D. Arthur. and I am a personal chef, um, so I pretty much cook for anybody in the country. Um, if you have a party, dinner party, a small gathering, I will fly to you and cook. Um, I fly. In Memphis, Tennessee, I have a catering company. Uh, we've had that for seven years now, a full-service catering company, so corporate events. Uh, that's the whole team there. Uh, I do some etiquette coaching around the country. I'm recently trying to get into food styling a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of all over the place yeah and um who have you cooked for (laughs) um most notably i was the private chef for thaddeus young of the indiana pacers um yes for uh, jeff green uh last i checked he was with the cavaliers i'm not a sports follower (laughs) (laughs) you just cook yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) let's make the food um (laughs) And uh, Scal, I can't even pronounce his last name, but he plays for the Sacramento Kings. So those are probably my most notable clients. That's awesome. That's very, very good. I had the privilege of being able to taste some of uh, Chef De's, the author's food with the brunch. And in Memphis, he had uh, served our students uh, with profound gentlemen. Um, and he also spoke, which was very, very good. He did some etiquette um, classes for the boys. And I left having to go to a wedding and I was like, okay, uh, I got to make sure. <laughs> yes, I was doing everything. <laughs> I, was like, I have to wait to put my napkin on my lap until the whole stuff. <laughs> you followed the rules. You learned something. I did. I did. And I think it's just always great, even as an adult, to remind yourself of the rules. Because um, there are a lot of parties uh, that's coming up. So we're going to really dig deep into that. Um, and maybe, you know, touch a little bit of uh talking about etiquette because that's important <laughs> um yeah. like how it's i teach etiquette because i naturally have really poor etiquette and we talked about so we're gonna get to that yeah that would be a good story <laughs> yes so um before we get into your your story what are you drinking right now i am drinking my roommate's jack honey <laughs> 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 drink and i was like oh i don't have any i'm gonna be a poor roommate right now and just kind of drink this shit mario used to love jack honey like that was just that was your stuff that's my thing <laughs> i it's not that was that is okay. oh well there I, it is i can still go to some jack Daniels tennessee honey it's so smooth you can just drink it straight it doesn't need anything exactly it's my favorite. And I, li- I like, um, so we're on, I'm still on Woodford. Probably the, we're on podcast four. That's the same bottle of Woodford? Same bottle. <laughs> Jesus, I must have a problem. I didn't open a whole new bottle. Okay, that's a month and a half. Woodford as well? You mm-hmm. said what? Okay. Yeah, well, tonight I'm not drinking Woodford. Tonight I'm drinking 1792, small batch. So I'm doing something a little different on tonight. So, which is actually all the basic, basically. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Considering you are, you know, borrowing from your roommate stash, this is really not a reflection, an accurate, you know, reflection of what you would have in your glass, right? 
But it is, though. <laughs> I'm not just saying what if it is. <laughs> I mean, I was just given an opportunity to speak on something different. <laughs> Prosecco is my thing right now. Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. I love Prosecco and I squeeze a, a, a lemon and a lime in it. And I don't know if you're supposed to do that, but like, I like it like that. <laughs> really? Yes. I just, uh, but now I'm to the point, like, I'll be like at the club club asking for Prosecco and they're just looking like, boy. <laughs> and pass me my Prosecco. Thank you. Okay. You're right. <laughs> That's true. Yes. And I'll have rose, so I'm right with you. Yeah, That's funny. So let's go into your story. How did you even become a chef? I know there are a lot of I know I was I was an aspiring chef when I grew up. Um, really? which is why I have yeah, and which is I had to show Missy Kitchen. Uh, right now where I don't really cook and I act like I'm a good chef, but I was interested in it, but I just didn't know like how to go into becoming a chef. So, you know, what happened? How did you get into this industry? Um, tell us all of the juicy stuff. So honestly, it's something that I, I've always wanted to do. Like even since I was like a little kid, I've always wanted to do it. I tell people all the time that, like, I think I was, I'm nosy by nature. So I was always in grown folks' business. I wasn't the kid playing <laughs> by, Like, I was, like, trying to be on the grown folk, carrying the tea. And uh, a lot of that takes place in the kitchen, right? Like, your auntie's talking, your mama cooking on the phone <laughs> in the kitchen. And so I think I just picked up on a lot of it, and I was fascinated by it. So it got to the point where, like, if we had leftovers in the refrigerator, I wouldn't just heat them up in a microwave. I'm, like, putting it in the skillet, putting it in the saucepan. Even though oh, I'm, wow. I'm, like, really just trying to play around with it as much as I can. Um, hmm. And that kind of grew and grew and grew over time, um, just my very natural desire for it. And so it got to a point where I wanted to go to culinary school, but this is back in 2000. Um, three when I graduated from high school and so that wasn't like culinary school commercials weren't on every station back then. Mm -hmm. Guidance counselors weren't really talking about culinary school. It was like college or not honestly. Um, and so it just wasn't a realistic option at that time for me. Um, so I went to uh, the University of Memphis had a great time, had an amazing run there but um, after I graduated I got a job that I hated. Mm. And, uh, I was like depressed I hated this job so much mm. um, and at that point um, it's 2007 and culinary school commercials are everywhere and it's a mm -hmm. and so I was like all right I'm gonna finally do this thing I'm gonna go to culinary school uh, went to culinary school for one quarter which is about I don't know five or six weeks <laughs> um, couldn't stay and that was because literally I had so many loans from undergrad and uh, culinary schools are very, very, very expensive. Like, like you would think we were performing surgery or something. Wow. <laughs> really expensive. Um, and I had so many undergrad loans that I couldn't, um, mm. I couldn't stay. And so I ended up um, dropping out after one quarter uh, and going to grad school because that was free. I had an assistantship. And so I was, at that point, I graduated from grad school and I was working now back at the University of Memphis, my alma mater. And I had a job that I like, not making a lot of money, but I, I enjoyed my job. But it got to the point where like this thing about being a chef was really, really bugging me. Like it was mm. just poking at me. 
And it was just kind of like, I'm not unhappy at this job. I've hated a job before, so this is cool. I like my students. Um, I'm back where, you know, I went. Um, but the chef thing, it got to a point where, like, I was a counselor, so students would be talking to me, and the entire time we're talking, I'm thinking about, tonight I think I'm going to do this to the cabbage. <laughs> I think I'm going to stuff it tonight, or something like that. And so my mind just would go there. And it got to the point where it persisted, and I got really frustrated. And uh, I called one of my um, frat brothers who was out in LA trying to do the acting thing. And uh, he just really encouraged me. He was just kind of like, bro, you just got to go for it. As a matter of fact, there's this chef out here in LA. She went to Spelman. She's a soror. She, um, she's real cool. She's a chef. She quit her job one day. And now she's cooking on movie sets and she's doing this. And like, you should talk. And so he set up a time for she and I to talk. And I called her, and that conversation literally changed my life. She was just basically, wow. uh, everywhere you go, cook something. Like, if somebody, if you, if you and the boys are just watching the game, I told you I don't like sports, but that was, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you and the boys are watching the games, cook, some, watching a game, cook something. Uh, if somebody invites you over to the housewarming, bring some food everywhere you go. Wow. Because eventually people will become to know you as that guy who can really cook. And something will eventually That's true. manifest from that. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know what it'll look like. But something will grow from that. And so I was like, cool. So I get off the phone with her and I'm extra hype. I'm pacing my office trying to figure out um, what I can do. Like, I'm ready to cook right now. Like, I'm that. <laughs> and so... Uh, a guy I went to college with Clarence was having a pop-up shop, which was really new in Memphis at the time. I had never, at least I had never heard of a pop-up shop. And um, he, he, I called him and it was like, do you have a caterer for this event? And he was just kind of like, no, um, I don't really have that in the budget. I was like, I, can I cater your event? And he was like, well, I can't pay for it. I was like, I'll do it all myself. Like, I just really want this. Mm. So he let me cater the event. He was amped about it. And I knew I had to do something that would stick out. I couldn't just, you know, um, I couldn't just make, you know, meatballs or, you know, hot wings. I had to do something to stick out. So I made a chicken lasagna cupcake. Chicken um, lasagna cupcake. <laughs> of, uh, lasagna, but it looks like a really pretty cupcake. And um, I did those and people like raved about it. And so I got these like <laughs> Vistaprint <laughs> business cards for about $10 for 500 or something like yep. that. I got a Tumblr and was kind of acting like that was a website. <laughs> Walmart tablecloths, you know, made this chicken lasagna uh, cupcake. And people were really convinced that like, oh, this was a thing. And so what happened was people took cards that night and would call. Wow. <laughs> and then it, it just took off. And like every opportunity I got, I did a, a you know a good job, and it just led to something else. And before you know it, uh, I have a full out catering company. I didn't even intend to. I just wanted to be a chef, and that's just kind of how it happened. And eventually, I had to get a business license, insurance, and like a kitchen. And so, literally, I'm not one of those people who just like I always know I wanted to do this. I was mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, and know that life happened and just kind of grew in that direction. And yeah process i just had to figure it out but yeah here we are i've been doing it for seven years now um, seven years full-time uh four years full-time seven years total wow for those first three years i was um i had a real job i was doing it on the weekends i was doing it after work yeah and i got to the point where like i you know 
my body was like, nah, bro, we can't do this. And uh, I wanted to save up a certain amount of money before I quit my job. I wanted to pay off some credit cards, but I, I just was at the kitchen one night. I had worked all week, cooked every day that weekend, the Sunday night cleaning the kitchen so I can go back to work in the morning and my body's just about to give out. I'm just going. Yeah. All right, God, like, what are you saying? Like, either I'm just going to quit this catering thing. It was cute for like, you know, a little while and I'm just going to work this job because this is a good job that don't even stress me out. At this point, I'm not at the University of Memphis anymore. I was at uh, the Med or Regional One Health in Memphis. And I, was mm-hmm. in I just get up twice a week, run my mouth, tell you what to do, not to do, and sit back down. I had a, you know, it was a nice little job, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it got to a point where I chose to like just step out on faith and uh, quit the job. And, wow. So I, can we go back to, did you ever finish or did you ever go back to um, culinary school? No. Wow. No. It's like I, um, I learned as I went. Um, mm-hmm. I started off with... I, the few things that I knew how to do really well, I did those really, really well. Mm-hmm. Every time it was required for me to learn something new, I mastered that. So each step of the process, I've gotten, if I, I look at pictures from when I first started and work from when I first started, it wasn't that great. And now <laughs> it's the better. And I, you know, I hope years from now it'll look even better, but no. Yeah. Wow, that's good. And so you didn't finish, was that intimidating for you when you first started? like becoming a chef did you think that anybody did you ever have like a small feeling in the back of your head that like somebody might call you out but you didn't absolutely, go to school absolutely I, um for the first maybe about year or two i wouldn't call myself a chef i think it was wow on the business card it even said aspiring chef because i was very respectful um mm the industry. I was very respectful like of people who had gone to culinary school. I was very respectful of people who, you know, I was, you know, I was trying to respect the, the craft. Um, but what I found out is that other people saw me as a chef. Yeah. Uh, called me that no matter what I called myself. And I think I was dating a guy at the time that was like, if you don't take aspiring chef off your business <laughs> on there. And uh, I think at one point my Instagram name was just DR for a couple of years. It took like years for me to feel bold enough to put the chef there. And so really? Like, Plus, you know, black folk, I'm just, yeah. you know, we ain't checking for an old, you know, you know how us, we got mamas in the kitchen cooking, you know, and they typically don't call themselves a chef, you know, but we don't typically check for, you know, your licensure, you know, even when we're asking somebody to cook for us, I remember this in college, like, you know, we could technically get sued if somebody ate our food and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and died or, or got sick because we were not checking, you know, we would get somebody's mama to do the food and they didn't have any type of business. <laughs> Consumers for the most part don't care. Yeah. You got the goods, you got the goods. It's more of a yeah. So when did you make that paper chef? That's right. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> okay, Greek uh folks. Uh, all right. So when did you make that pivot though to actually put chef on your uh business card? And what made you do that? Like it was it was when I think it was about two years in at that point, and when I wrecked 
I, I, I registered that people, I registered that I was better. At that point, I was wow. significantly better from when I, where I started. Um, and I recognized that people saw me that way. And not only did people see me that way, people identified me as that. Like, there are people who don't know anything about me other than you're that chef. And I was getting stopped at, like, the grocery store. And like, oh, you're that chef. So it became a, a known thing. And so it just made sense. And uh, it took a lot of, people think it's silly, but it took a lot of, like, all right, I'm going to call myself a chef now. It's a thing. And I'm going to fully embrace it. It took a really long time. Yes. So we're talking about faith, you know, and stepping out. Because this shot here. (laughs) No, you're good. You're already feeling it. (laughs) Well, I had one prior. Okay, well, that's good. (laughs) So you had went into your roommate's stash like twice then. He offered the first. Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) It sounds like we have you on record. it It was only a shot left enough for one shot. And I was like, I'm going to drink. I didn't realize it was only enough for one. So uh, I was like, well, no, you have it. This is yours. I'm not going to take your last. I'm really playing it up. Like, I'm going to take your last, and here I am. Drinking it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> real life. I'm going to replace it ASAP. All right. So were you in Memphis? So you were in Memphis when you started, you know, bec- uh, becoming a chef and start serving people, right? Um when did you make that transition to New York? And why? Worked me. I was, um, so I, I was working um, as a private chef. I had quit my job at that point. I was catering full time. Life was real, really hard. Really, really hard. Uh, money was very, very tight. And uh, I was actually just like, all right, God, we quit this job. Like, what's up? <laughs> Struggle is real. And, um, got a random email from a lady. Uh, it didn't have any title or anything. It just said, I'm looking for a chef for my family for the something. It's kind of like, okay, at that point, I got used to telling people my prices and them kind of swerving me to the left because they were too expensive. So I tell this lady the price. And she's just like, okay, I'll pay it all right now. She's like, who is this? I like, myself <laughs> who she is. And she was like, I want you to cook for me, my husband, two kids, and a nanny. She's like, nanny, like, who is it? I ain't thinking anything about it. So I'm telling my friends about it later on that night. And they're just kind of like, oh, that's, that's uh, Thaddeus Young's wife. Wow. And they're like, oh, he plays for the Brooklyn Nets. And so we set it up. I cooked for them that summer. Um, and they were, they're from Memphis. So I cooked for them in Memphis that summer. And he was going back to Brooklyn for the season. And they were looking for a chef up there. And I, one day I was just kind of like, you know, I'll And, um, he told me to submit a proposal. I submitted a proposal. It worked out. And so I ended up moving to Brooklyn. Wow. But I was still catering in Memphis. <laughs> and so you have two companies, though. So you like. So no, working for them is not necessarily, not wasn't a company. It was, more, okay. it was like a full-time job. Okay. That's cool. Um, so I'm really excited about the fact. I, I want to go back to that faith part. That part was very, very interesting to me because I believe that a lot of people who are listening um, will be attached to what it means to walk on faith. Um, well, well, walk out. What is it? How do you say it again? Walk out on faith? Yeah. That's right. That's how you say it. So what does it mean for, for people to, you know, a lot of people want to think, want to start their business or they want to 
uh, move to another city or they're interested in, um, you know, going to another job, but it's just different for them, right? Like what push you to walk out on faith and, and, you know, and say, hey, you know, this, besides your body, because you were like, my body was tired. Um, And that was like a physical representation of me of like how, you know, somewhat something was telling you, hey, you have to choose one or the other. But, you know, how are you lining yourself up to that to officially say, hey, I'm going to actually walk out on faith. I'm going to do this. I think sometimes life just gets you to the point where you have to choose. You have to choose one or the other. And um, when I got to that juncture, that was just my choice. I I recognized that I had something. Um, I recognized that if I gave it my all, that it could, you know, truly grow into something meaningful. And I really, really latched on to that notion. And, um, I remember telling my parents because they weren't too, initially, they weren't too on board with quitting the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, listen, all I can promise is I'm not going to be homeless. I'm not going to starve. And I'm not going to die. Even though we know tomorrow's not promised. Like, I don't think I'm going to die. Like, so <laughs> I can't tell you that my credit won't dip. I can't tell you that, you know. I'm not eating ramen noodles. I can't tell you that I might not be on a friend's couch, but what I will tell you is I'm not going to be bothering y'all. I'm going to be okay. It's going to be a little rocky, but we're going to be okay. And I I literally latched onto that idea. And that's what it was. I, you know, I wasn't asleep. I had an apartment. I wasn't sleeping on people's couches and like that, but it was a rough year before I got that phone call to work for, uh, it was really, really rough. And I, I only want to paint it like it was like, I stepped out on faith and everything was perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> the struggle yeah, was real. Like, but I also feel like, you know, from a spiritual space, once, um, once you, got, you show God that you have that faith, mm-hmm. each step just kind of aligns as you take the next step and you know what's required just kind of presents itself so you know i didn't have a lot of stuff that's mapped out now mapped out then when i said <laughs> but like once i made that initial faith leap like i remember one time like i couldn't pay my rent it was just kind of like we you know we did this for a couple of months and i'm finally at the point where it's like oh snap bro yeah i cannot pay my rent and i have a roommate and my roommate at the time auditioned to be on master chef and made it to go to LA and they had to like be off for like three months so she had to pay up her rent for three months and that's the time where I couldn't pay my rent at all but because she paid all of this extra just when I needed it wow <laughs> so it was like stuff like that wow like when though I was broke though I was like struggling what just something what happened yeah what happened and I had what I needed in that moment mm was you know just enough it wasn't you know a whole lot but it was just enough for that moment <laughs> and that lasted until um i started working for chicane and that wow hotel mm-hmm. moved to brooklyn and so at, at that point life did something else but yeah faith <sighs> i know it, it would do that also just thinking about it because you know That's i good. moved from that space now but yeah man it was it was real and is that that like the thing that continues to humble you, keep you grounded? Because I mean, you have hella followers. A lot of people are like, "No, I heard about you before I knew that Tim knew you." Which Tim works for us in Profound Gentleman, 
And then when Tim told me that you were catering, I was like, what? That's pretty dope. And so, and so like, I see your stuff circling around Instagram. Um, so is that the thing that continues to humble you when you think about like the moments in which like it couldn't have been or like what continues to keep you? Cause um, you I, could be like out here and be like, look, my price is going to be $5,000 just for some chicken. Oh no, he's expensive. Anyway, it's worth okay. it. Your food is good. Thank you. Well, for me, it was more like, I know that like you can be popping one day, people are going to do it. So yeah. this shit's to some degree, like, like the hype. And what I also recognize is that people have seasons. So like, you know, mm-hmm. I might be like the popping it chef for, you know, a minute. And somebody very deserving is, you know, comes right behind me and I'm not that guy anymore. I have to embrace that shift. Yeah. Um, and so I just, re- you know, just registered that like there's, you know, there's the hype and then there's real life and we just have to function in this real life space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Followers, you know, I really appreciate it. It like really works for me for marketing space. You know, I have a healthy following, a very supportive following. I appreciate that, but I registered it. It's just like, you know, it yeah. only means so much in the grand scheme. You just gotta be like <laughs> a nice human. <laughs> Life will happen. That's dope. So I think like as we talk about the holiday season, right? Like this is <laughs> the time where we're going to a lot of events, a lot of house gatherings. I'm not sure about these potlucks right now. Cause I'm looking at Instagram and <laughs> what people are putting on potluck. Uh, mm, I don't know about that anymore. Like <laughs> eating people's food. <laughs> um, but when is it the proper time to hire a chef Versus do it yourself. Like, what is the difference between the two? When should I be trying to like go ahead on and just hire this chef, pay this money, or go ahead on and just trying to like do it myself? Um, well, I think that it's first determined by if you can cook. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> it's and that's dumb. very subjective. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. So I do recognize that hiring a chef is a luxury. Um, so I always recommend, you know, doing it yourself if you can, particularly around the holidays. There's so many memories established there. So if you can cook, you are able-bodied, you have a family, I say go for it. Cook. Make it a moment. Create those memories. If you're someone who, like, is so busy that you just need this as often, even if you can't cook or, you know, can't cook or for whatever reason, I say definitely hire a chef. Um, yeah. That would be a, a great way to do that. Now, I've seen some chefs that, like, cook in the kitchen, somebody's kitchen, or, like, they're bringing in the food. <laughs> so, one, like, have you, like, well, probably, like, when you're cooking with a family, you are definitely cooking in their kitchen. But how is that for you? Like, and 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 should we be prepared? How should we be preparing our kitchens when we know that a chef is coming <laughs> to like cook in our kitchen? So what I'm appliances do we need? Do y'all bring our own appliances? <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm catering, like full out catering, um, then I have a commercial kitchen in Memphis. I'm doing that for them. Or if I'm traveling and doing that, we're gonna have to rent a, a nice space. But if it's like just a, an intimate event for like you know fifteen. 
or under like someone's home, then I come in and I use your kitchen. Now I have had to uh, start putting parameters around certain people's kitchens because I or ask for pictures of kitchens prior. Or, <laughs> um, Tell us the story. Have you seen a roach in somebody's kitchen while you were cooking before? <laughs> no, I've never seen a roach. Mice, because you live in New York. No, I've never seen any uh, a roach or a mice in anyone's kitchen. This is stuff like dirty crevices. You make it seem like you have like this big, huge kitchen, and then you I don't a piece of a countertop, and I guess I know I have to produce this for fifteen people off like, <laughs> this cutting board size countertop, and so like oh, be like oh no, <laughs> we got to figure this out. Probably. <laughs> Not just diet. What? Are you okay? <laughs> because I just think about that when you talk about <clears throat> providing services in someone's space. And I look at a chef or anyone like that as a creative. Like, you need the aesthetics have to be right for you to get in the vibe and so you can create this beautiful yeah. piece of art, which is this food, right? Because I'm into food, taste, smell, plating, like all of it is an experience. I'm all about experiences. So, if a person can't come in and do what they need to do because your situation ain't right, like that's problem. So I think about all the the people that you could come across because everybody don't keep house the same, first and foremost. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> folk don't keep their kitchens the same. And they're with you know, the things they're in are not the same. So, you know, you need certain tools that you're used to to do what you need to do. So I can only imagine somebody might feel great about their kitchen and they send you the picture, you're like, <laughs> Uh, about that, I'm gonna bring in the food. Now, I'm gonna bring in the countertop. I got a commercial kitchen in there. It's not to say that I won't do it um, if your kitchen is, you know, small or anything like that. No, it's just to say that like I have to have a healthy understanding of a healthy understanding. <laughs> and that's that's what tickles me because right. <laughs> it just does. Like that just cracks me up because on the side of the you know the customer or whatever they could be thinking one thing and as a service provider you're thinking another and so when those things come together and they're not cohesive it's like okay let me see how I can meet you in the middle let's see how we can accommodate because I'm a service provider so it's kind of similar to someone having an idea of a hairstyle and then I'm the provider and they send me this and then I see them I'm like whoa let's come together let's meet in the middle so that's why i'm laughing because i'm like it's like that with any service providing industry um, especially when it's customized like what you do everything you're doing is customized for the person or the yeah. event so that just weakens me i've seen some really beautiful kitchens i've never been in like you know i've never been in a nasty kitchen it's just and you won't and the, the <laughs> <laughs> you get pictures okay, hello you're just not going to be in a nasty kitchen no, no. <laughs> he has the standard to uphold Huh. So, appliances then. Are you bringing your own appliances? Because that was the second part of my question. (laughs) I I do now because of what we just talked about. Like, that was the biggest thing. Like, people be like, oh, I got a nice pot and pan set. I got this, I got that. Mm -mm. You get to the house and you rather, like, about to cook for like 30 people or something. Scratched up. And it's just kind of like, oh, this is like a Walmart college. So how often should you be changing out pans? Well, even before that, even before changing them out, like how do you even know how to buy? Yeah. And um, get rid of that college set. 
Um, I have some brands that I do prefer. Let me see who they are. Like, uh, Martha Stewart one. No. no. So all of those like name brand ones. Rachel Ray. No. I wouldn't look at any of those. Like, is it Cruzat? Great Value. No Ooh, heavens. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of a brand off the top of my head. No, 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 no. But no, like get a nice set. Um, unless you don't cook, what I recognize, I cook for a lot of bachelors. Um, and so they don't have stuff. I even thought it might be a good business idea at one point to just start making a men's cookware line. I don't know. Dude, and you know, should wow. do that because, like you said, they don't. We. They don't. Or One they of my don't friends jokes that every time I come to his house, um, he lives in D.C. now, I cook. And so, like, I always play him for his, you know, his utensils. Like, you want me to cook when I'm over here, but you ain't got shit. Like, exactly. So this time, I ain't got nothing that much. I mean, I got stuff. You know how many men don't have cutting boards? Like, it's like. Oh, sure. People do they have cutting boards and they just be like, it's a thing. It's a thing. But listen at what you said, a cutting board. That means preparation for whatever you're getting ready to cook. Half these mofos ain't cooking like that to be dicing up no tomatoes and onions. Maybe it's the chef in me that just is in awe that a human, with a, an adult, wouldn't have a cutting board. And that would imply you're actually cooking. So chances are, most folks is microwaving and or having carry out so they don't have no cutting board. You think a man's cookware line would be a thing? I think people would I say keep it small. I don't want you to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I used to cut on uh on the plate before exactly. I got a cutting board. <laughs> so my homeboy was like extra hype because he was like, I got a cutting board now. When you come back, I got a cutting board. So I get yeah. Back. yeah, it's like you dog like, out. Like, I'm the size of a paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm working on gathering these things so i'm like transitioning these things in and out because it's hard this stuff costs a lot of money and i didn't know good stuff costs a lot of money yeah one of my friends who's really stylish and i always play myself like i don't buy new clothes often it was he's like i buy clothes you buy pots and pans and there's that (laughs) (laughs) i started asking for gift cards um at birthdays and christmas very yeah, gift cards so that I can go purchase these things like from William and Sonoma and different places because I'm like just out of my own pocket. No, I just wouldn't go buy them. So that makes sense. Yeah, I gotta start. I mean, I am starting, but I am. It takes time because like I can't just drop like like I think like if I was to take everything out and get like real good stuff, what you're looking at like eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Is that oh, like the average? No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be that premium. When I say nice, I don't mean like, I mean, just don't get the bottom tier. Like a lot of people like genuinely still have okay. that college set. I maybe got one pan of stuff from college. Yeah, it's just like, well, you know, I think it was like, you know, I can't even remember how much it cost, but like everybody had that same set in college and a lot of people still have that. See, um, I had a cast iron skillet in college. Oh, see, you was what were you making in the dorm? Hey, <laughs> we was getting. <laughs> so, I put the cast iron skillet, like. <laughs> yeah, that was like what? Yeah, I had a cast iron skillet, so it was time to get down with the get down. We weren't playing around. So okay. with that, but with that being said, what are some essentials for those who are starting to say like, "Hey, I need to switch out from this collegiate cookware set." that we got from Walmart, what do I need to have at home now? Like, what are some basic, or I should say, not basic, fundamental um, cooking utensils that we need to have or 
you know, yeah, and um, so we'll start with the cutting board, amen. Wood or not, um, they say not to do wood because, um, you can't really clean in there like you can. I agree, I Mm -hmm. just changed the plastic, yeah. Um, I was looking at that wood, I was like, uh uh. I, but I like the aesthetic of wood. It just feels right. fun to chop on yeah. it. I don't know. If you do wood, just replace it. You have to replace it often. Mm, okay. Get plastic, y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I would say you can get a nice box set of a combination of saucepans, of varying sizes, pots, pans, uh, saute pans, uh, everything. Some will even have a griddle in there. And so you can still go with the set. I'm not saying stay, stay away from the set. I'm saying okay. um, there's some uh, maybe mid-tier sets. Um, I prefer nonstick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Black Friday is coming, so that wouldn't be a great time. Oh. I would say a colander or a strainer. Instead of putting that plate on, and I still do. I have a colander. <laughs> But I just call it a straightener. How you say it again? It's a strainer. It's a strainer. Okay. I said straightener. Yeah, I you did. Straightener. I have a strainer. <laughs> and Stop but, putting that plate over top of that hot ass pot. Strain that water out of there. Don't burn yourself. Strainer. Oh my God. That is crazy. But I still do it though sometimes. I remember like, there's some good old mama and grandma cooking. Like I remember my mama had a strainer. And we still mm-hmm. put that damn plate over that. Plate. I still do it too. I don't do that shit. That steam be too happy to burn myself. I had to get a strainer. So the food's gonna be good though. They put that glass plate over that pot. <laughs> Whatever we eat today is gonna be good. That's I do have a question about knives. So when we were talking about getting a cutting board, you have to have a knife. And so you got to talk about investing in knives, not necessarily like sets. But just a good knife or two, because you do we really need sets? Because I was told we really don't have to have a set. I mean, no one needs that many unless you have a whole big family or something like that, mm-hmm. like single or a couple. Like no one take. I mean, get the set. It's a. I say go for it. Um, what you really need is a really good chef knife. Um. Uh, a perforated knife, so like a uh, to cut bread. Um, a bone a perforated knife. Never heard of one of those. That's the one that's the most rigid, right? Yeah, with the ridges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that one. I got one of those. I don't ever use it though. Most people, I see people like <laughs> putting meat with it and all types of weird things. I do. Um, <laughs> I, let me tell you, I use it to break up my ice in my ice tray. What? <laughs> I take that sucker at the end because <laughs> the ice gets Wet stuck in my ice trays. <laughs> like I have like the automated ice machine in my refrigerator, and that's what I use that one for. Uh, I don't want. I can only you. imagine the destruction that's going on over there. Uh, I want better for you, friend. <laughs> so, but what is the standard knife Ooh, then? Wee. The steak or the steak knife? <laughs> is that what it's called? Um, no, a chef's knife. That's the, the main one that most people use. That's the one. So honestly, I would recommend that if you don't want to go and get that, uh, a full kit, you can honestly go to Sam's Club or uh, maybe like a restaurant supply store and just buy one solid knife. Uh, one really good chef. Okay. And it's maybe 
12, 14 bucks. Oh. 12 to 14 bucks. It's not really expensive. For one know. night? Some of those whole kits get up there. I'm over here like, good to know, Mario. Like, oh my God, for one night? <laughs> 12, 14, that's three knives. <laughs> <laughs> three knives? Where are you buying your knives from? The one, what's the name, what's the name brand, knife brand? It's so many. What's the one that everybody always got? Then once you get that knife brand, you're like, ooh, I got some. I can't think of it. Uh, the brand. There's a specific brand that I know that everybody has. Everybody yes. Has. And they come in that little wood holder. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember it. But that's where my knives come from. And they get dull easy, too. I got to get better. I really do. You cook? I cook a lot. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't checked him out on Messy Kitchen on Instagram? Oh, he did say that early. I haven't. You got it. You most certainly have to tune in to the Messy I'm Kitchen. Show. Don't be nervous now. <laughs> hey, you're creative nonetheless. Well, the idea of Messy Kitchen is to just like break up my day. And every Monday I try to like cook a meal that, you know, it's easier for people to cook. They get people in the kitchen. Mario, would you like to sing your jingle? No, I'm good. Because no. uh, yeah. iTunes ain't going to pay me. <laughs> okay. I'm copyrighted. <laughs> but uh we're getting close to the end and I want to mention oh, this was super fast. You said what? It was what we were just chatting and it was I know. I know, yeah. Before we end, I do want to talk about etiquette. This is like one of my favorite topics. <laughs> and I, I love it. Questions. Yeah. So Nigel, take it away then. Well, okay, so mine aren't like traditional etiquette questions like, you know, which fork do you <laughs> Yeah, ain't nobody got time because half the hell, half of us this Thanksgiving ain't even putting out that type of stuff. That so is my, true. Let's get better at that. Yeah, and I mean, to each his own. I think yeah. it's great. I think it's great. I'm thinking about etiquette as far as you coming over to people's houses. <laughs> and a lot of times, what? like, my family God bless them, <sighs> I love them, but we don't really get together like we used to on my father's side back home. And in part, it's because people don't like to bring things that are equal to the amount of mouths that you're feeding. <laughs> Let's talk about the etiquette behind not being a nigga around you bringing more mouths than you're bringing supplies to eat. Like, I can't eat your paper plates. I can't eat your, um, you know, your sodas that you got from Dollar General. I can't eat that. Save a lot. You got a household of eight and you brought us a big cake. Yeah. Hello. So <laughs> let's, I would like to know etiquette around that. Like what do you when bring? you are divvying out the responsibilities, what do you bring if you've been invited over to someone's yes. house? How, yeah. And can I add to that? Does it look different? How do you know when it's, when I supposed to bring the $14 wine bottle or like the $30 wine bottle? <laughs> so that's a two-parter. Yeah, that's a two-parter. That's a good question. So let's deal with the family first. <laughs> so, you know, family is family. I'll, I'll start by saying that in a very realistic space, family is family and family has certain dynamics. So I can tell you what you need to do, but your auntie can do if you want. Well, let's do it. Let's call it a recommendation. <laughs> right. And it's speaking to, speak more to the mic. That go, speak oh, close. Yeah. Um, um, so what I would say is that I think uh, a lot of planning meetings need to go into that, first of all. Oh, like, uh. like you know, a group meet or something like that. So it's very clear what people are bringing. Um, 
we have the, the luxury of technology. So maybe some type of family group need to kind of plan this out. So it's not the last minute and she show up with paper plates. She knew that she had a family of seven, so she needed to contribute X, Y, Z. It was agreed upon. Mm-hmm. There was no last minuteness, and that's what we're going to do. So I think the planning is the biggest piece. B, um, or two, I don't know if I started with letters. Or <laughs> I always have an issue with that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just say... Um, call out on that shit you know a lot of times as family we might like buzz about it behind their back or joke Mm -hmm. about it in front of their face but never be like pretty matter of fact like hey listen we all go to work and pay bills and taxes so (laughs) um, let's split this right on down Mm -hmm. that's good I just have a question it in a really loving family way but like a lot of times a lot of those things go unaddressed we just buzz about it and cackle about it we do we have that water cooler kind of conversation about people and never address it yeah, but That's you ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings so you don't you know you don't tell your cousin like hey you ain't bringing seven people but stuff with you that's real <clears throat> and you know now Joe, what was you about to ask this is a, if you're on a hard time situation then it's family <laughs> get a plate it was going to be, well, at, well, I guess what I was going to say for those, again, speaking for my family, we, sometimes we can abuse the ones that have food stamps and I'm just encouraging oh, us God. like not to abuse them because it's an additional resource that we, we are thankful, <laughs> but don't abuse the cousin that got the stamps. Oh Lord. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. You get on my nerves. <laughs> but back to your why you had a wine question. I did the fifteen dollar wine, or the two two buck chuck. Don't bring that motherfucker two buck. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna have shitty booty. You said, <laughs> what did you say? Depend on where you going. What did he say about the shitty booty? He you gonna have shitty, shitty booty with the two ninety nine wine. Oh. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna say it depends on where you going. Okay, okay. That's right, cause that Walmart two dub, two buck chuck is good. Because I ain't too good. <laughs> Me neither. See, this bougie bastard over here. Oh, my. Stays, he stayed you know, doing something. What you say? You know what's crazy is I'm not that particular about wine. Like, if you bring me cheap wine, I'm okay. If we are all drinking liquor, though, and I bring my premium shit, you bring your basic shit, I'm going to be upset about it. Now, what's basic to you? Ooh, don't call him out. Uh, Amsterdam, huh? Amsterdam. I don't think that's basic. I think that's uh, you know a mid tier. I think that's acceptable to drink. Okay. I'm thinking like Svetka. No, no, Svetka is the one I enjoy. I think that's a really good one too. I mean, like, um, what's the one? The blue top one from college. Burnett. Hypnotic. <laughs> Burnett. Don't bring Burnett, and I'm bringing Burnett. I don't know and her. It- if it got, if it's a plastic bottle, don't bring it. That's how I think about it. I've seen people do that though. I've seen people bring like really, really cheap stuff. Like in the plastic bottle. Yeah. If it's glass, you, I you think walk it's... around and drinking everybody else nice stuff. Now, if you want to drink your cheap stuff by yourself, yeah. no. So it's Tito's. Because wine, I feel like I don't care. Hmm. Okay, it's I Tito. What? Where's Tito's at? Tito's is good. Feck is good. You know, New, Am- New Amsterdam is not bad. Okay. Um, and none of those are too expensive, so I don't think they're... I think those would be perfect to drink. 
Okay. I don't want to expend too much money, but I ain't trying to like bring trash either. Okay, that's good. I think honestly, as we end this, right? I think honestly, as we end this conversation, what I'm noticing is the topic is really about how to dinner as an adult. <laughs> Dinnering as an adult. It's a, it's a whole thing. That's what we're gonna call this one. Because we're on it. Well, Chef, do you have any other questions, Nigel? No, I don't have any other questions. This is great, Chef, the author. Um, <laughs> how can people get in contact with you? Uh, great question. So um, you can get in, contact, get in contact with me on my website, www.chefdarthur.com. That's D-A-R-T-H-U-R. Um, Instagram at chef underscore D Arthur. Again, it's D-A-R-T-H-U-R. Um, those are probably the best two places. Cool. Well, we love having you. It was very, very good talking to you today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are our second guest that we've had on our podcast. So thank yes. you so much. Yeah. Now what we're gonna have to do, we got to get some dark skinned people up in here though. Because we oh, had light skinned people in the row. That's crazy I can't even see <laughs> myself. So I can only imagine what these facial expressions have been doing. Because I can tell <laughs> you all very well. <laughs> and then that I is true. playing in my hair and I was like, wait a minute, you're That's okay. <laughs> well, thank you for coming and you are listening to You Go Boy Podcast. Uh, again, please click that subscribe on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Follow us on You Go Boy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Indeed, indeed. And check us out every first, third, and sometimes fifth Mondays. Thank you guys very much and thank you for tuning, tuning in. And have a great Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving! Woo! Or whatever you call it. Like, become. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, bye.